it's kind of cool standing up here to pray because there's a couple really bright lights right there. So when you close your eyes, it's like there's heaven right there. So I just I just talk in that bright light. <coughs> so I'm in um, Deuteronomy chapter 11. <coughs> Chapter 11, verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13, it says, It shall come about, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord, your God, and to serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. I'm going to go down to verse 18. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth." There isn't a um, higher aim that we could have or higher goal than to love God. There isn't anything more fulfilling or more uh, worth our time than giving our whole heart and soul to God. Um, Paul says that love is I'm sorry. Paul says that love is uh, love is patient, and that love is kind. He says that love never fails. I um, I uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, love it. Love is. God loves us, and the most fulfilling thing that we can do is to love Him back. Um, man, I'm, I'm distracted now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> thinking about this, thinking about this, um, this topic of loving God is is a. Uh, um, Can, yeah, can I do a, a mic? Is that better? Can I do that? I'm sorry. I've got like a ringing in my ears. Low battery? 
I can just I can just yell. Does it sound okay now? Okay. Okay. Um, there's there's been a time in my life where loving God has become difficult. You know, um, it's become difficult because it's you know Jesus says in uh, Matthew that you can't have two masters. You know what I mean? And and sometimes I get caught up, and I'm, I'm sure everybody's gone in this boat, is you're, you get caught up on things that, you know, aren't worth your time. And so you come across verses like this, and and Jesus says it. He says, the whole law is summed up in, this, in these words right here, that if you're able to love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind, you're going to be fulfilling what God has intended for you. Um, and so you read read these verses, and and what I come to is realize is I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm I'm failing, and it's a um, a scary thought. You know, I don't like that thought. It's uncomfortable, and so it's very easy to read it and to just keep going to other verses and move on and just kind of uh, um, just bypass that. But that's kind of the worst thing you can do. The best thing to do is to, to take this truth that God has established and said and that won't change and just accept it and adapt your life to it um, and, uh, and go from there. I've, I've spent, there's been many days where I wake up in the morning and I say a prayer. I'm like, God, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps me even when I don't know I'm being helped. Thank you for my job, my wife, my kids, the roof over my head. And then I go to, go to work. I come home. I relate with my family. Um, and then I lay down. And when I lay down, that's the second time I thought about God. All day. You know what I mean? And, and that is not, I don't, I don't believe that's loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You know, he gives, God gives a great, um, illustration here where he's like when you love something it's on your mouth you know it's it's on your mind it's on your hands you want to teach your children about this thing that you love you want to you want to integrate it and that's kind of what he's saying is he, you're integrating it into everyday life it's just a natural flow and um and so one of the scary things is how do I get there? Like how can I, can I manufacture love for God like that if I'm not um, at that point? Like how do I get there? It seems so far away. It seems so right, but how do I get there? You know, um, when I read about love in uh, 1 Corinthians, and I'm so glad that God inspired Paul to say that, that chapter, um, you know, love is dedicated. Love finds great worth in whatever the, the object that you're loving, you, you just find great worth and value in it. And it makes it to where it's worth the headache and heartache of loving that object. Like, I heard uh, Terry praying today, and she said, you know, sometimes when we're witnessing to people and it feels like flat, you know, um, but I'm not going to give up. And 
what that tells me is she loves the idea of God and sharing the gospel and the idea of this person getting, getting saved that it's so much, it's worth that heartache and headache of the awkwardness, feeling flat, feeling like I'm talking and nobody's listening or that nothing's happening. You know, she loves and she's over to overcome because of it. Um, I, haven't, I, I want to tell you a story about my friend Jesse. And I haven't asked him if I could tell this story, so I hope he doesn't hate me after this. <laughs> um, but Jesse is inspiring to me. He, um, he loves the idea of providing for his family in a more efficient way than working a 9-to-5 job. So he has elected to start a business. And um, when he first started with this idea, he came up with a multi-level marketing company that um, is no longer working. Um, but that doesn't stop him from his idea of you know, providing for his family. And so he started another company um, that has to do with marketing for ex- existing businesses and has been working on it for months, you know, for a while. And um, he's heard a lot of no's from potential clients, and he's had a lot of failures, um, but he's still going eight, nine months later, you know. And it's a picture of love that he has for this idea. You know, and Paul says, love never fails. So if I had, if I, right now, if I had to bet on one of my friends on who's going to make it, I would probably put my money on Jesse. Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't have to call him and say, you know, Jesse, I know you've been failing a lot, whatever, and people are saying no, and, but keep going, man. I'm proud of you. You know, he's not dependent on anybody here calling him and doing that. You know, he doesn't need it because there's something inside of him that's driving him that, that it's, it's independent from outside influence. And that's, that is a picture of, of love, and that's something that we want to get to when we're looking at God. So how do we get there? I'm, I'm the minister today speaking, so you're going to have to hear my opinion on how we think we get there. Um, I'm... I'm a Christian, and I believe that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I've, I've read the Word, so you're going to have to hear what I have to say. Um, in Hebrews, it says that um, it's impossible to please God without something. It's impossible to please Him without faith. You know? and, and faith is a trust. It's a knowing. It's um, a confidence um, it says later in, in Hebrews that it's the evidence of things unseen, so it's like proof. Um, I'm trying to get away from the the idea that faith is is a I think so, you know. You know, when we we use the word believe, and I like the word believe, but some Christians don't. Um, where like you know you're in conversation, you say, well, I believe this is what we need to do, and so believe kind of has like I think so connotation to it, but, but believing is, you know, I believe this is the right way, so I'm going to go this way, you know, and so 
I like the word assurance. Okay? What we need to believe and, and come to an, uh, a confidence in is that God is worth it. You know, God is worth it. He's worth, he's worth the heartache and headache of loving something. You know, there's no, there's no business out there that 100% of the revenue is profit. There's always expenses that are required to make profit. And so when we're loving God, it, there's expenses related to that. You know, you're going to be an outcast sometimes. You know, you're going to have to do things that are against the grain that everybody else in the world is doing. But it's because you love God. You know, so you have to come to a place where you believe you have a faith and a confidence that he's worth it. Um, I want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 15 and talk about um, Abram, our father of faith, um, where he has an encounter with God. And I kind of want to break down what I believe is going on in there, some uh, details about faith. Abram is promised a son in chapter 15. Abram has no children at this point. He doesn't even have the name Abraham yet. And this is the chapter about uh, where God makes a covenant with him. So in, in verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram, I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, The word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he looked outside and said, Look now toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, God said to Abram, So shall your descendants be. Then Abram believed in the Lord and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. I want to point out a couple things that I see happening here. First of all, Abram is a humble, a humble guy. He is a humble person. He, he is hearing a claim that God is making, and he is humble enough to say, okay, I'm... I'm, I'm going to hear that, and I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to give you, God, the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume that you're right. So he's, he's not proud in saying, like, no, I don't believe that. You know what I mean? He's got a, he's got a humbleness to him. Um, and even his question, his, his like dialogue with God, is an indication of his humility. Because he's saying, why would you be my reward? Why would you give me anything? Because I'm childless. You know, he's like, why don't you give it to somebody else who has an heir so that it doesn't end with just me? You know, so he's concerned about God. And, you, and in that question, he's already believing that God can give him something. Yes, so he's, he's a, a humble person. And I believe humility is very important with, with faith. Um, 
You, you, everybody here has heard of Michael Jordan, right? I want to talk about humility for a second. He has, he has gone on record as saying, you know, I'm the best basketball player in the world, right? And that, that rubs people the wrong way because he's, you know, it's a cocky statement. It's, it's prideful. Um, but something that's, so he's, he's, he's proud with his mouth. Um, but something that may not be common knowledge about Michael Jordan is that all of his coaches from high school through college and through NBA have all said the same thing about him. And it's that they have never had a player who listened like Michael Jordan. They've all said it's incredible how when we're in in the timeout situations, I'm telling the team what to do, and he just absorbs it like a sponge with humility and then goes and does it. He had a a teammate who was a a three-point specialist, and he was seeing what was happening on the court, and so he goes to Michael and he says, you know, I think we should try this. The very next play, Michael does it exactly like he's saying, and he talks with the reporters, the three-point guy, talks with reporters after the game, and he's like, I can't believe that I'm giving advice to the best basketball player in the world, and he's actually listening to me. You know, so Michael Jordan, um, and, you know, you probably know this, a lot of people know this about Jordan, but he didn't make... The, when, he, when he tried out in high school, he didn't make it the first time. He was cut. You know, so tell me it doesn't take humility to accept that and to say, I need to adapt. I need to change and do something different. I need to maybe seek advice from the coach on why I didn't make it and then do it. You know, so he's proud with his mouth maybe, but truly humble with respect when we're talking about basketball. And, you know, there's a lot of, People, Christians, who are very humble with their mouth, very humble. You know, I'm just a lowly Christian. I just want to do whatever God wants me to do. I just, whatever, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling me I want to do that. But then they're not even humble enough to read this, to find out what He wants us to do. They're not humble enough to hear what the pastor's saying and then go do it. You know, to me, that's not humility. Um, their life may be going in a very bad direction and they're not humble enough to seek wise people in the church and ask for advice and then go do it. And so part of, part of faith, if you don't have humility, if, you can't, if you're not humble enough to hear something and to just give it a chance, you're never going to have faith. And so Jesus says, the meek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> And so if you look at Michael Jordan, he inherited the earth of basketball because he was humble. You know? And we as Christians, God says we can inherit the earth if we're meek and if we're humble because it leads to a strong faith. But you know, faith is, I'm saying, it's confidence and it's knowing. And so you need a little bit more than giving God the benefit of the doubt. You need a little bit more than just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a shot. So if we look a little bit further in, in um, verse 7, continue on. He says, And he, God, said to Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur and the Chaldeans and give you this land to possess it. He said, Abram said, O Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? How, can, how may I know? 
How may I know? And so we can look at that and be like, why is he asking God that question? But God is okay with it. If you can see, he, we're going to read on a little bit. He, he answers the question. He doesn't get mad at him. He doesn't say, how dare you ask me this question? Because faith is, is the evidence of things unseen. Somebody who has faith is confident. They don't have a, they, they, have, they have an answer to the question of, how may I know? They have an answer. <clears throat> he asks this question and then God says, all right, I want you to get these animals, put them, configure them in a specific way, and then the, the um, torch and the fire pit come, they do a figure eight and they signify the covenant. So God, so Abram asked God, how may I know? And then he, it's followed by a supernatural experience with God where at the end of it he knows. Right? And I'm willing to bet that you here who have been faithful to the faith, faithful to Faith Christian Church, have had a how may I know experience with God where you had a supernatural experience with God. And if somebody was to ask you, how do you know you would have an answer to it? I can tell you I have. And I can tell you it's been more than one time. Where, And I would also bet that if you've had a how may I know experience, it was after you were humble enough to give God a chance to begin with. And so Abram is humble, but then he is honest. He's like, how can I know? He asks the question, how can I know? He's being honest with God. He's like, I want... To, I want to be the best I can for you, so how can I know? Help me to be strong in my faith. So, um, what we're talking about is loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. How do we do that? We have to believe that He's worth it. How do we believe that He's worth it? We have to be humble and we have to be honest with ourselves and with God. You know, I would, I would say when it comes to loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind that we need to move away from the thought that I need to make God one in my life, number one in my life, but rather I need to be one with God in my life. Amen. You know, one, being, making God number one, I would say, is probably loving Him with your body and with your strength. You wake up and you can say, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to make Him number one in my life. But if you can be one with God in your life, that's where your soul and your mind and your whole thing, your whole uh, being can take over and loving God that way. You know, it's it's completely different. Um, And... Being one with God, loving, loving Him with a oneness rather than trying to make Him number one is where that talking about God wherever you go comes in. You know, because we can get really exhausted when, we, when we're thinking of, I have this goal that I'm trying to shoot for every day where God is number one. But if you wake up and you, get to, and you say God gets to be number one, you know, that's where, you're, that's where you really want to get to. Um. And so, what I'm proposing is how do we get there? Let's first of all, let's be humble enough to include the Word of God in our life. Let's be humble enough to include it, to, um, to put other things aside, make time for it, and then to go and actually do what we're reading, what we're, what we're hearing. And 
um, and you know God will uh, will uh, take over in our heart. You know, um, I brought up how Jesus says you can't have two masters, right? You can't have two masters, but that doesn't mean you can't um, love other things other than God. You know, like I love my wife. I gave you a good example of. Jesse loving this idea of starting a business and being dedicated to it. But what I'm talking about is loving God as the overarching umbrella in your life. And he, is, he answers the question of, should I do this? Should I start this business? Should I marry this woman? Well, let me go, come up here to this first thing that I love first and see if it's okay there. And... Um, And uh, where's my train of thought here? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Thank. And uh, so, at the end of the day, what we're our, what we're called to do, the most fulfilling thing that we can do, is is love God, and that's what that's what. Um, that's really what will make us um, efficient when we go and talk to people, when we talk and we try to be a witness, is loving God, experiencing God. Yes, and when, when you love God, I, have you ever, I mean, I've had this experience where I'm sitting there praying, and I'm praying uh, a prayer that I've said like a hundred times, you know, and I'm, I'm in church, and I'm praying, and... It's just a prayer. It's just words coming out of my mouth to fill silence. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I leave that moment of time, and it's just, I was sleeping, you know? But when you love God and, you're, and you engage your mind, you engage your heart and your soul, even just two sentences of authenticity with God, and it's like something unlocks in your brain, and you and, and you can really experience God. Um, and that can that that can put a smile on my face for the rest of the day. Yes. You know what I mean? Because it's like I I accomplished something with the living God. You know, I experienced something with Him. So. My, um, my message to you today is whether you agree with what I'm saying or not on the faith and the humility and stuff like that is we all need to find a way to become one with God in our life. Yes. We need to find a way to, to when we wake up throughout the day and when we go to bed the entire time God is right there right next to us yeah. like our best friend. And, um, you know, I, I say, God in this, in this chapter is saying, I command you to love. And I'm saying we need to. And it sounds kind of like you better do this or else. But it, we need to because our soul is dying for it. Our soul is so hungry for it. And when we get to that spot to where we are, we are there, where I'm talking about, where we're walking in close fellowship with God, there is, life is, it's like a, it's like you're walking on a cloud. 
you know I've been I've been there and um, and it's like walking on a cloud you know <laughs> and it's like I've been in a, at a point in my life where it's like I, I don't want to sound uh, I, I have you know it's like just I would be okay dying you know what I mean? Like, you, you get to a place where you're like, I'm, I would be okay. I w- I'm excited about being with God, you know? And, and when, you're, when, you can, when you can come to a place and you're not, like, suicidal and you're thinking that thought, <laughs> then, you know, there's nothing in life that's going to that's gonna deter you. There's nothing in life that's going to um, take away your joy, you know what I mean? And... and uh, And that's where we're going to serve God most efficiently. So, I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to end with that. And if you could uh, stand, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us, Lord, and you are watching our back. You you provide for us, Lord. We you protect us even when we don't know it. Um, Lord, I thank you for all of, all of the people at Faith Christian Church, all of our family members here. Thank you, God, for the hard work that everybody in this church puts into to serving you and to showing love to one another, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word, the Bible. God, I ask for forgiveness for not um, investing my life and time more into it, God. And you know, there's always room for improvement there, Lord. But honestly, Father, uh, you know that I could be doing a much better job. And so I pray, God, that you would inspire me, my family, Faith Christian Church, Father God, to, to find a way, Lord, to, to love you. To wake up every morning to say, I love you with our words. To say, I love you with our thoughts, and to say, I love you with our actions. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would remove, help us, God, to remove the cloud and the ideas that say, don't, don't love God, it's too much work. Don't love God because there's other pleasures over here that can fulfill you. And Lord, I know that there's so many distractions in this world that, that look so pretty and they look so... Um, enticing and they look so good and they look like a decent replacement for you God but help us to be wise and to be aware of who is sending those tricks to us Father help us to realize that we are called to be wiser more intelligent more cautious of those things help us to rise up to look up and to see true riches in heaven Help us, Father God, to love you with our whole heart, with our whole soul, with our whole mind, to teach our children as we walk, and to think of you everywhere we go, Lord. Because at the end of the day, Father God, you are worth it. You are worth our effort. We're blessed, Father God, to have the opportunity to even love you, to even know you. Lord God, I pray that this week, everybody who's in this building would be safe, that they would draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.